Hi, everybody. This is Duncan. I edit together Scott's material. Uh, regretfully, this one recorded outside has some pretty serious wind noise in it, and I think you'll find it, some people will find it kind of distracting. Scott really wanted to put it out anyway. It's a great episode, and there really wasn't anything I could do to, to make it sound better. So I apologize about that ahead of time. Hopefully, you'll enjoy the episode anyway. Here you go. Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Scott David Chase. This is my truth. Tell me yours. On this episode, I spoke with Adam Laframbois. Um, I want to first uh, give an apology uh, for not having a new episode up last week. Uh, some scheduling stuff uh, with a couple people I had planned to talk to uh, happened, so I wasn't able to put up an episode, uh, but I was happy to, to have this one go up. So uh, this episode, uh, like all the previous ones this season, uh, brought to you by Dappertize. Wearedappertize.com is their website. They... As the name implies, they sell neckties, uh, pretty affordable neckties, lots of different colors, designs, and shapes. And if you put the promo code TRUTH in at checkout, you will receive free shipping in the United States. Uh, so it's wearedavertise.com, and promo code TRUTH will get you free shipping. And we thank them for their sponsorship. So this was a great chat. Um, Adam is a friend of, you know, a dozen years or so. And we talked about how we first met uh, doing an independent film. And, uh, you know, Adam, his most recent project will be acting in Titus Andronicus at the Players Ring in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And we sat in a park in Portsmouth and chatted there at the beginning there's a little bit of background noise from uh the lawn being mowed off in the distance so hopefully it's not too bad um but yeah it was great catching up with adam we don't get to uh see each other all that often um because our schedules are crazy uh but you know adam's a good friend and you know adam's uh lady uh He's also a friend that I've, you know, grew up with and known for a long time. So it's always, uh, you know, he's more like family than a friend. So uh, it's great, great chance to hang out with him, catch up on a uh, on a beautiful almost summer day. So enjoy my talk with Adam Laframbois. episodes yeah it's uh i would imagine i mean because you're in tech week yeah and i mean i know how i know how i am in a tech week and i've had far fewer tech weeks than you have um surprisingly few on my end yeah actually you're you do more film than yeah than, uh, uh stage acting yeah i'm trying to think actually if trying to think if i've seen you yeah of course we were talking about this mower we're at the urban forestry center in portsmouth and uh he's not going to come our way he's already done it he's already done it but he's just like and it's funny i did uh actually was in port it was outside in portsmouth near um white heron kind of you know where the kitchen is in the restaurant so it's kind of like diagonally there's a park kind of diagonally down the street from White Heron, and uh, uh, yeah, me and yeah, yeah. Dan sat in there, and there was a guy that was, he had a weed whacker, but, so we sat in the one, we saw him, 
uh, like on the opposite end of the park. We sat on the opposite end of the park as him, and like as soon as he finished that section, he came like right behind <laughs> us. So there was like a weed whacker going. Uh, Perfect audio. Yeah, it was one of those things. So let's see the first. So May sixteenth was my very first episode of this podcast, so just over a month ago. Yeah. Uh, or a year ago. Yeah, yeah. And let's see, when did the... Because uh, the... So so this is the one-year anniversary of when I recorded the third episode with Jonathan and Tiffany Lassard. I don't know if you know them. They own... Uh, Sounds familiar. Uh, Lost Coast. Okay. Uh, it's that weird colored building right in... Yeah, right dude. I trust that all the time. Yeah. Uh, if you've never been yeah. in there, it's, it's, <coughs> it's a rad, rad place. Yeah, I've heard it's damn cool. Yeah, and they're... So Billy, I Billy Butler, I recorded with on uh, June fifteenth, or I put it up on June fifteenth. So sometime, so, right. sometime around a year ago, I, yeah. I sat. He said the Billy. same thing about a year or so. Yeah, okay. yeah, give or take a couple weeks. So, and um, I mean that's apropos because Billy is directing Titus Andronicus, sure uh, is. which you are directing the hell out of it. Yeah, is he in it as well, or is he? He is in the band, so okay. he'll be yeah, playing yeah. music. Um, mm-hmm. He'll be visible on stage, but as far as acting, no, he's yeah. setting this one out. Yeah. yeah man. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing it. it. It's funny because the last few of these that I've done, I've talked to people about theater. I mean, I did one with uh, Todd Hunter. I did one with Kevin Barringer. Yeah. Um, KB. Yeah. Um, it, it's I try and do like a mix, but it's also like I don't specifically do it when someone has a project going on. It's basically, I mean, truth be told, it's just an excuse for me to get together with friends. I like it and chat. Yeah, and it's you know if we can talk about whatever craft, cool. But it doesn't. It, do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't yeah, matter. But at the same time, if someone has something coming up like this, because. Uh, you know, I think you and I had talked a few times about like having you on at some point, and then for uh, different things, yeah. Yeah, and I was just like, "Well, this is coming up. Why the hell not?" Yeah. So, um, and you know, you were saying, you know, you haven't had that many tech tech weeks either. Yes, come closer, please. Remember uh, when I said we're gonna change this guy's course of this guy's life? <laughs> this is when it's five. gonna go down. It's time. Yeah. <laughs> for uh, standby for inaudible <laughs> audio. <laughs> Uh, she's waving. It's yeah. not a guy at all. No. Just drove by and smiled and went, hey, fuck faces. <laughs> Spray us with dirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? You're just going to... Probably going to come sit down with us. Yeah. That was probably, it was probably her boyfriend who worked at the park. <laughs> <laughs> She's gravitated right towards us. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Well, it's funny because I was trying to think. uh, You and I first met, I think, on Sharp Dress Men, the film. Yes. Um, (laughs) Yes. Which was God about probably about a dozen years ago now. I think it was 2006. That is it. Yep. Yeah. Oh six. Yeah. Um, 
my mom when, when we went to that screening loved your bit by the way <laughs> you on the phone oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it's funny because um you know we were talking a little bit right before we started recording about my movie podcast yeah we did the screening at the red river theater in concord right. which i go to um probably once a month now to see movies and it's funny because i was remarking to my buddy bob who sometimes goes with me on it that the not the last time, but one of the times we saw a movie there was in the actual theater where we did the. Were you were you part of the Q and A too? I'm trying to remember. Uh, the Concord screening, I was not. Okay, because we did like a, a little audience Q and A afterwards, yeah. and there was I don't remember there was four or five of us because I know it, I know it would it was me I think it was me Greg Gaskell my brother T Chase. Um, Probably Chris Savage. Yes. And maybe Andy Fling. I'm not sure. Right. No, um, I was living in a halfway house at the time. That's right. So I had a curfew. Yeah, yeah. So I had to leave right, right at that's the end right. of the screen. That's right. I remember it. But uh, it was funny because at the time T was talking about his upcoming film that he was working on, Goliadkin. Yeah. Was that? No, it wasn't Goliadkin. It was. No, Stricken. Was it Stricken. stricken? Yeah. It was Stricken. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I knew it was Stricken. I just I got the names wrong. Right. Uh, so everyone was asking questions about sharp dressed men, and he he's <laughs> he was like, "No, let me tell you about this dark vampire, <laughs> right. the epic saga that I'm working on." We're like, gonna plug this. Now. Yeah, yeah. But it was you know, and it was it was funny. But uh, yeah, and then uh, one of the um, one of the cast members. Who will remain nameless? He had a um, had recently ended in uh, a, a romantic uh, relationship with a young lady, and she happened to have a breakdown outside afterwards, like at me, like oh, having, good. Good. having, like I, I, and <laughs> I remember hearing about and that. And I'm now, sure yes. you know, like I said, <clears throat> I was saying right before we started recording, I've tried to. I've, I've tried to be more cognizant of how I speak to people. I'm sure I probably said something offhand or flip or sarcastic to her and that set her off. But Sorry. <laughs> right. But it was just like, why has he done this? And I was just like, I, I don't know. I don't know. But, but the part was like, <laughs> well, all of us who know him, it's, you know, which is funny because he's, you know, we've, we've all grown and matured in the 12 years and this, he's in the very stable, very happy relationship. Yeah, so. Seems to be doing well. Mm-hmm. In fact, I had he and his lady friend on this podcast. Uh, Did you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, well, part of my part of my trip, because I did a bunch of these on my journey. Yeah. So, I mean, this is very thinly veiled to what I'm talking about at this point, but it doesn't really matter, you know. It's all right. Yeah. So. Um, By the way, do you like my... Johnny Depp smoking during the interview thing. That's uh, not bad. Well, we're outside, so it's just you know, it's, it's so funny because I um, so on Sundays I work in behind the escalator at the end of that and they get mad at me I'm like I didn't design them all right like I'm just telling you (laughs) what about me makes you think I engineered this place (laughs) but so there and there is one in the downstairs 
walk by because Johnny Depp has a cologne line. So every you know every Sunday I get to walk by Johnny Depp's smoldering. Uh, Is it Savage or something? <laughs> I've seen a commercial that he was in. I didn't know if it was his line. Trying to, I I think that's I. It sounds familiar. It's some like, and it's just him looking his most Johnny Depp. Yeah. Just like you know, looking off into the middle distance <laughs> with a vest and like a denim shirt, like, but of course rolled rolled up like you know mid mid forearm, so you can see all those tattoos. Right. And his bank bracelets. You ever and try stuff. and roll up a shirt like that? No. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. It look, doesn't work for me. No. no. I no. try it. It feels awful. Yeah. It looks awful. But I've I've also they never. It work. I've never been able to pull off the um, t-shirt cuff, like you know the sleeve. Just you know, you see it in fifties movies all the time. And I, I've right. never been able to pull that off. So. Yeah, it feels weird on me. Mm-hmm. But um, the hell was I? Oh, I, I have, I've had a lot of these weird like what i call matrix moments it's like you know that part in the matrix where he like they're walking by that stairway and then he sees a cat walk by twice and he's like oh that's weird and they're like what and so i there was this i was i was telling you uh you know i started selling some stuff on ebay and um but i've also been at because of it, you know, it all goes into a PayPal account, so it feels like not real money. So I ended up. I know exactly yeah. that feeling. So I've bought some stuff on eBay as well, and there was one. There was this. There was this album that I I bought the cassette of in 1990, um, and because it had a, a Guns N' Roses song that was like it was the first new Guns N' Roses song in like two years. And I was sure. Like, cool. It was this. It was this benefit album uh, called Nobody's Child, uh, and it was a Romanian. Uh, uh, orphan benefit album and the, the 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 wives of the Beatles had put it together but okay. so I was looking for it on C- I mean it's long out of print but I was I found it on eBay for not much like five bucks okay got it and because there's a there's a this is a very long story with very little payoffs <laughs> <laughs> so don't pay attention exactly feel free to just, okay uh, but there's a recording of Paul Simon and George Harrison doing Homeward Bound okay. uh, on Saturday Night Live from 76. And it's like, it's not online at all. I mean, you could find the video of it, but sure. Um, and that's, it's on that. And I was just, once I get in my mind, I have to have a song. So I got it and I got it last week and was listening to it on Saturday, I think. And, you know, I hadn't heard this album in whole in 26, 27 years, right. whenever I lost that tape. Yep. And there's a there's a recording of, uh, there's a live recording. Most of the songs are live recordings, so they were unreleased at the time or, like, exclusive to this. But, right. So there's a recording of the Bee Gees doing How Can You Mend a Broken Heart? And I remember when I first heard it in 1990, you know, it, you know everyone's sort of entry point to the Bee Gees was staying alive. And of course. Sort of the height of cheesiness at that oh. point so I was like oh this is lame but I remembered the song and I was like this is actually a very simple but very beautiful song and just you know it thought about it in my head and I listened to it a couple times on the CD and then I went and saw a movie last night uh, this independent film called uh, Anything um, it was really good but the song How Can You Mend a Broken Heart is like uh, a point in, not just on the soundtrack, but actually one of the characters sings it to another character. And it's like, oh, okay, 
I haven't heard that fucking song in two decades, and the fact that it popped up last week on this thing, and then in a movie, I was like, yeah. Am I, like, is there a camera behind me? Is this, like, a weird, like, you know, I was like, is someone's messing with me or something? Do you think that's a human being thing? Because I I tend to find, like, these Matrix moments, as as you say. Yeah. These, uh synchronicities yeah yeah come out all the time does this mean something yeah i mean but it also could be just i mean i you know i saw a movie probably the day like i mean i saw i saw two movies on saturday and there might have been a song played in one of them that had it been on something you know had it you know there's probably infinite number of connections it's just when the right ones line up yeah it seems astronomical to you but it's really Something's happening here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I mean that I think that really cuts to the core of <laughs> how egotistical we all are deep <laughs> right. down. We're like, oh, it's all centering around the universe me. Is telling this me filmmaker put this mo- this song in this movie because he knew I would see it, you know, two years later in uh, Danvers, Massachusetts. So now I should definitely find him on social media. Right. Contact him about everything I want to yeah. do. Yeah, exactly. Um <clears throat> I, uh, well, it was, it was funny. Uh, I saw that on Saturday. I saw the Ruth Bader Ginsburg documentary nice. and, um, we had seen the, the trailer for it a couple of weeks before. And there's, a um, uh, a woman that I know who's a, who's a rapper from Minnesota and they used one of her songs in the trailer and they actually used two of her songs in the, the I mean the same song and then another one in the film itself. So, you know, I had, I had, uh, tweeted about it when I saw the trailer, I was like, pretty cool that. You know, Dess's song is in this, and then she liked it on Twitter, but then the director liked it and started following me, and then, like, after I posted the review of seeing the movie, you know, she she retweeted it and stuff like that. It's a nice. weird time that we live in that it you is. can have this immediate connection to... Almost anyone. Almost anyone. Yeah. Almost almost instantaneously right um i mean it's funny too because i think because that we have the expectation that everyone should be available to us all the time i mean because i do you know a few of these podcasts a week and i also see like three or four movies a week right inevitably you know because i i I mean i didn't turn my phone off but I, i have it on silence and and when i go to the movies i turn my phone off and then inevitably when it's done and i turn it on i get I have one or two texts from someone, hello, where are you? And and it's just, it's more the fact that I do respond to people uh, so quickly. Um, An expectation has been created. Right. Well, and it was, so I sent um, uh, uh, a friend a text last night, and it was around, I realized it was around like 11 o'clock. It started texting around like 1030, and then... I did, you know, I didn't get a response from her, but I assumed that she was asleep. And it was also one of those things that it wasn't like an immediate, I need a response. It was just bleh, right. whenever we pick up the conversation again, fine. And then at 5.15 this morning, she responded, but I happened to be up because right. I'm a goddamn vampire and I don't <laughs> sleep much. And then, so I was just like, okay, cool. And she's like, what are you doing awake? And I was like, what are you doing awake? She's like, I'm getting ready for work. What? She's like, I know you're not working. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm getting ready to take my dog out, but it was just one of those things that, like, I don't know, I have a weird, I used to think it was, like, an OCD thing about having to respond to stuff, like, because I hate having unopened notifications on my phone. I have that OCD. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know, going back to the narcissistic, egocentric thing, and I'm like, 
maybe it's just goes down to the not wanting to have people not like me. And I'm like, cause, cause I know a lot of my behavior for a long time was that, and I've gotten better at re, you know, not, not just realizing, but acting on the fact that like you can't control what people think of you. Right. So, yeah, you know, you, you can try and engineer it, but it right. rarely works. Yeah. I mean, just do, do the best that you can. And you know, the people that people that stick around, it's great. And you know, people that don't fuck them. Right. Though I do kind of liken myself to that character from prison break, mm-hmm. the low latent inhibition, Michael Schofield. Okay. I have the ability to just constantly perform game theory and keep everyone on my side, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so good at it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who knows me will tell you how good I am at it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Um, Real smooth. You're you're one of the people. I mean, I'd say of all the people I know who I would call actors. I don't know why I'm saying it in such a weird way. You're an actor. <laughs> actors. Um, <laughs> um, well, no, because a lot of people that I know from this area who act, that's not their... That's not how they make their living, but I don't. I but also I don't. I don't know why I'm finding finding the need to qualify it because I don't make my living as a artist as possible. I try to make money at it, but oh, yeah. it's but it's something. It's still a passion. But right. I'd say you're. But I think it's a weird life. I would, I would imagine. Well, that's the thing. Like, there's been multiple times over the years where like, we've gotten in contact years ago. Like, I'm like, I don't know if Adam's in New Hampshire right now. If he's in, you know, <laughs> California, you know, where so. the hell is he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm I kind mean, of an enigma like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, you're you're really good at. Usually, I find out that you've got a you, you're working on something new because you'll you'll update your IMDb page. Um, yeah, I try like hell. Yeah, current. Yeah, it's. I mean, how many for my ninety followers? What's that for my ninety hey, followers? You know, that's <laughs> that's more than a lot of people. You know, is it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I have like I listen to. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Sure. I, there's probably at least a third of my podcasts are run by people that I know, that are right. friends. And some of them, you know, That's they're like, oh, okay. hey, there's 12 yeah. subscribers to that. And I'm like, <laughs> but going back to what we're saying, about doing what you love, like, first and foremost, because you love it. Because I think, you know, eventually it's going gonna, it's gonna to catch on. Um, it, but even if it doesn't, you gotta you gotta do it for the right reasons. So I mean, yeah, I mean, it hasn't caught on for fifteen years. I'm not planning <laughs> on quitting anytime soon. Yeah, but I mean, and it's funny too. Like success is such a weird th- measure. Yeah, I mean to say it hasn't caught on. I mean, I, fame and fortune right. hasn't come, but right. in other ways, it's certainly right. caught on. Yeah, but you're you're consistently. Somewhat distanced view. You worked consistently, but a, a lot of that, I think, is a testament to your own work ethic, and you you're constantly pursuing work. 
Yeah, my favorite uh, go-to expression is grinding it out, brother. Mm-hmm. Grinding it mm-hmm. out. Which I stole from Rounders, by the way. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's the... It's so funny because I get... And I try not to... I try not to... I try not to outwardly display my frustration with it, but oftentimes, as far as visual art, I'll get compliments, especially in the last couple of years, about, wow, you're so gifted, you're so talented, and yeah. I'm like, but my inside thought is, fuck that, I'm getting better because I'm working hard at it. Right. Like, yeah. Um, I'm like, yeah, I loved making art as a kid, and but I really have only taken it seriously in the last couple of years and I can see the result and you know other people can too and I'm like that's not a gift that was handed to me it wasn't something that was you know you know you can start with a spark of creative interest or whatnot but the same thing with acting and whatnot I mean like you gotta work your ass off yeah you're a very good actor but you weren't born a very good actor you work your ass off right no I remember my first uh first audition was a hot mess yeah, I was always inclined to make a scene or embarrass myself right. willingly for the sake of humor. Right. But I remember that first time someone said, go, do this. Right. Froze up like an idiot. Do you remember terrifying. what the first thing you auditioned for was? Uh, my first audition was for a uh, Hannaford commercial. Really? Yeah, I had to drive three hours north to Maine. Yeah. The agency was in Belgrade, Maine. Oh, wow. And we actually, we knew the woman because we had taken some classes with her. the entire yeah. freaking audition. Yeah. yeah, Just this weird, awkward, pasted to my face, half smile. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny. A lot of the, it's, I, I feel like, cause a lot of the trailers that I've seen for movies that you've been in, which, um, cause I've, I've seen maybe one or two of the films that you, cause you do a lot of independent films or low, lower budget films. Yep. Um, kind of my thing. Yeah. But, NDAF. Yeah. But a lot of, it seems a lot of the characters that uh, you get cast in have, have a bit of menace to them. Yeah, um, you also know, my thing. Yeah, you can definitely pull that off. Uh, You're kind of scared right now. Aren't what's you? A, I'm I'm always a little on edge <laughs> when I'm around you. Uh, you know, it's funny because I have several people that have told me over the years that they're like, "Oh, when I first met you, I was really intimidated by you." Which I was like, "Really?" Because once you get to know me, like, I'm a I'm a pussy cat. Like, but you know. There's a look. Yeah. There's but look. it's funny because I was like I was like, yeah, Adam definitely has that uh has that has that can pull off that menace really well. Yeah, yeah it's just kinda I don't know, it was weird, man, when I was younger, when I first started. Um, once I got that strange awkward look that was pasted to my face, wiped off. Yeah. Um drew a lot of comparisons to like Matt Damon and Leonardo DiCaprio. Right. Now that I've aged taken a real dark turn to <laughs> dude you look like Willem Dafoe or uh, ah. what else do I get a lot Ramsey Bolton from uh, uh, character from uh, Game of Thrones oh okay one that's, of the best villains ever man but I, I'm getting a lot of Willem Dafoe and it's so Which weird it's like I came up like oh I'm this young good looking actor right now I'm 
Yeah, I would definitely say you're certainly better looking than William Defoe. But did you? Uh, I, and I'm a, I'm a huge fan of William Defoe. As oh, an he's actor. great. Did you see the Florida Project? I haven't, man. We haven't. Uh, my lady and I were planning to watch it. We just keep getting distracted by all this. Yeah. Terrible, mind-numbing television. Yeah. That yeah. we love. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, I um, all the time people are like, have you seen this? And I'm like, no. I'm like, you gotta check it out. I'm like, well, put it on the list. And the and like legitimately, the list is probably eighty shows. Oh, yeah, and maybe. 500 movies of stuff I need to have seen. It and literally gets worse by the day. Oh, yeah. There's so much content being and yet I'm And yet I'm still, most of the time, to unwind at the end of the day before I go to bed, I rewatch an episode of The Office. Hell yeah. You know. Yeah, we got workaholics yeah. every night now. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, there's so much content right now, too, though, because, like, there'll be a show I've never heard of, and they're like, who's that actor? And someone's like, oh, you would have seen him on, I'm like, I've never heard of that show. And, the, and it's in its fifth season or something. Right. I'm like, what? You know, I'm such a fuck in that respect. I'm, I will complain. Yeah. No, no one sees my shit. Right. But I see shockingly few movies. Sure. So I'm as hypocritical as can be. Well, I think, I think the general, I mean, it's twofold. There's so much fucking content out there right now. It's it can't like, be kept up with. No. But also, people don't go to the movies the way they used to. I mean, it's true. I'm like right now I'm seeing more movies than I ever have in my life, partly because I have that movie pass, thing, right. which is great. Um, you know, cause I see three to five movies a week. Right. Um, and if I'm lucky, one of them, is something that I really enjoy, you know, they'll usually be a, it's usually most of them are kind of middle of the road. I'm like, that's not bad. I never need to see it again, like right. whatever. And then every couple of weeks I'll see something. And I'm like, that was fucking terrible. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of the screenings, particularly when I go on a weekday, I can often be one of like four or five people in the theater. Like I saw a movie last night at seven o'clock on a, on a Sunday night yeah. in Danvers, Mass. I was the only one in the theater. Yeah. And um, that, that never used to happen, man. No. no matter what day or time you went. Yeah. It's, it's, that's why it's so strange. It's on one hand, it's really cool that there's so much content and creatives are able to get their stuff out there. Yeah. It's great in that respect. At, at the same damn time, I really miss the days where, what was it, two dozen movies a year, two dozen big movies a year right. that came out right. and it, each one was an event. Yeah, and, and it came out and then nothing else really opened for like a month. Right. Yeah, Yeah. now yeah. it's just in and out, in yeah. and out. Well, I saw... Um, I saw that movie Tully. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Familiar, yes, but I didn't so see it. So it's, I don't yeah, see movies. Nobody, no, yeah, nobody, nobody did. I mean, it's so it's Jason Reitman directed it. It's his third collaboration with Diablo Cody, yeah. you know, Juno being the first. Right. And, you know, Charlize Theron is in the lead. Um, I mean, it did okay. I know it made its budget back, but it came and, like, it, like, and I was, you know, I wasn't expecting it to be, you know, do... Avengers type business by any means, right. but I was like, it's Charlize, man. Right. And it's also like a, I mean, it's a great film, but it's also kind of different type of programming than the superhero stuff. Of course. So I was like, there should be an audience for this, but nobody saw it. And I, yeah. you know, I championed that movie when it came out a couple weeks ago. I was like, go see this movie, go see it in the theater because if, if the, if people don't go see these movies in the theater, they're going to get they're made less and less. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is, I mean, a big part of why whenever there's like a independent or small film 
that's playing, I try and go see it. And, right. But, I mean, the other side is true. Like, Blade Runner 2049, which came out last year and was my second favorite film of last year. I thought it was my favorite film until Shape of Water came out at the very end. And That one I did see, Shape of Water. Great. That, that yeah. was a great watch. But, you know, I saw Blade Runner three times in the theater. Um, which I used to go see a lot of movies multiple times in the theater. I don't anymore just because I don't have the time, but, I mean, right. I loved that movie. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, people were crazy about that. I mean, I was excited for it. Uh, I was also really hesitant because I love the original so much, and it's easy to make a very mediocre follow especially, you know, 30-something years afterwards, and it's, yeah. it's fantastic. The but, odds are not in their favor. Right. But, but it's... It did not make money. Right. Like, it's... It actually... Like, it's not... I mean, there's no definable way to say a bomb. I mean, I believe it made its its budget back, but the way it was financed, like, the company who owns the property may go bankrupt because of it. Because Sony and Warner Brothers, you know, footed the bill for distribution. Sure. And so And they, they also paid for all the advertising. The way it works is... They get paid back first, right? and um, so even now it's on home video. The Alcon Entertainment, the company that produces it and owns the, owns the brand, they don't get any money from home video until some have made all their money. Before. Yeah, I mean that's always the case. Yeah, it's insane. You make money after all the expenses are paid. Yeah. If you're lucky, well, the expenses are paid. And especially with big budget, big studios, the way that they're able to kind of talk to the numbers, like, on paper, it, I mean, it's a it's a huge, like, there was actually a lawsuit a couple of years ago because on paper, Spinal Tap, this is Spinal Tap, has never made any money. And so the, the three guys who did it, you know, with Rob Reiner actually yeah. sued the company because there's, you know... It's they been, haven't made a cent. On paper, no, because okay. the studio is able to, you know, say, well, this is an expense, and this is an expense. And then, right. Like, it was actually a huge... I mean, Spinal Tap, which is... I mean, granted, it didn't make a ton of money in the box office, but it didn't cost a ton of money to make either, right. and it has become a cult classic, and every time there's midnight screenings... And For decades, stuff, yeah. Yeah. It's and, insane. Yeah, because none of those guys have received ever received any real money from it it's like you know I mean it was a joke I, I think Harry Shearer was saying that like he would get a check every year for about $340 for that you know? cha-ching yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but I mean again going going, you know that's not that's not why I think anyone who a not, well I do think some people get into acting to make money oh, yeah. that's not why people stay in it long term right you know yeah well, I was I was supposed to be retired by now. Mm-hmm. Was was the plan? Yeah. Um, well, how old were you when you started acting? It was it was right around that first audition. Yeah. Twenty one. Yeah. Twenty twenty one. Well, was twenty. It okay. I remember now because we we had a rap party and I was able to drink a year before I was legal. Right. Yeah. Right. So twenty was my first gig, man. Nice. Yeah. Um. So how did you? So since we first met on Sharp Dressed Men, like how did you, how did you come into that project? How did remember? this, how this nightmare begin? Yeah. Um, how did Sharp Dressed Men? How did that project? Yeah. Uh, I was poking around the internet for gigs, like I still do to this day, and I saw an ad from your brother T, yeah. who I refer to as Ty. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. 
Um, He's always a fan of it. <laughs> and yeah, he just happened to be local. Um, the audition was about 10 minutes from where I was living. Sent it in, he called me in. Done deal. Nice. Yeah, man. So you didn't. So you didn't have an actual. You didn't have any relationship with anyone in the production beforehand. No, nope. that was when I first met all you guys. Because that was. I, I know that. I don't know if I ran into you briefly because you did. Uh, you did some extra work on it, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So yep. I met you briefly there, but I didn't actually get to ever shoot the shit with you until right. Sharp Dressed. Yeah. 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 yeah it was, uh, first time I met all you guys. Kind of a weird introduction to the local theater community. Sure, sure. A lot of those actors were theater people. Yeah. And still in touch with most of them. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, that's one of the, I don't know, that's one of the things that I, you know, doing this, like I said, was kind of an excuse to get together with people, but that's, that's one of the takeaways. That's what I love about theater more than actually doing the theater. You know, I, I, I produced my first show at the ring last year and it was a small show you know so greg directed it and then uh it was tomer uh, yeah. and then uh molly campbell and myself and molly and i went to high school together and yeah, man, i remember seeing that i yeah. i know i wanted to get involved but something was up and i couldn't yeah well i mean you're constantly busy too i mean that's that's the thing i mean i've i've, I've seen very few of your stage shows as well because i've just been like ridiculously busy and I'm trying People's to schedules are nightmares but it, they are it is and it's also but I've also been trying to be more cognizant of leaving space open for you know easier said than done yeah oh for sure yeah but then because because I also know myself that if I do that if I leave space open and then nothing comes up I feel like I've wasted the day <laughs> right so yeah yeah, it's, it's tough as hell trying to find that balance. Yeah, but I also, I get very frustrated if I make plans with someone and then it gets, like, canceled or postponed. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, 95% of the time, I'm sure it's a legitimate reason. Right. Because life happens. But it I'm sure like, does. don't these people know? <laughs> what I, I did I to make this happen? Time. Yeah, yeah. And yes. it's kind of like, but going back to the... You know, the, the egotistical uh-huh. nature of us all. I'm yeah, like, man. Yeah, but, you know. So, <laughs> I... Uh, and the flip side of that, did yeah. you ever hear John Mulaney, uh, the comic, um, describe canceled plans Mm-mm. as black tar heroin? <laughs> you have this plan, you have this plan, the date's coming up on your calendar. Yeah. Okay, I got to do this thing. Yeah. And then they call and cancel. Black tar heroin. Yeah, what yeah. a feeling that is. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's the thing that, like, and I actually, like, <clears throat> think, you know, if I'm really completely honest, I love the feeling of, well, thank God they let me off the hook because I didn't have to be the one to cancel. Uh, oh, yeah. But then I can, you know, next time if something comes up, I can use that leverage of, well, you canceled. So <laughs> even though I'm so happy, you know. It's not a scorecard, but it's also a scorecard. Right. Yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> and it's so funny, too, because, like, for me, I'm very much a homebody. I mean, so much so Heard that, like, that. In, in the last couple years, when I do go out and do something in public. Yep. People always remark, they're like, holy shit, you, you came out? And I'm like, yeah, I do occasionally come out. But it's – once I'm actually out doing something, I'm usually enjoying whatever I'm doing. It's right. the process of, you know, just getting my shit together and, and leaving 
leaving the domicile. I, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder if that's just part of the human condition, man, because my lady's little nephew, who I refer to as my nephew as well, right. he's around four right now, but we've watched him growing up. He's, with pretty much any activity, he's cool. Once he's in the activity, right. it's the transitions sure. where he'll have a tantrum. Yeah, And I'm just wondering if that's something that's just in all of us. Right. Transitions suck. Right. But once you're there, it's okay. It's yeah, okay. for sure. For sure. Well, and I mean, our society is really more and more, and it's it's become exponential in the last few years. Uh, we're designing our lives so that we have to leave the house and venture out less and less. I mean, right. everything can be delivered to you. Even, Absolutely. Even going to the grocery store, going back to Hannaford, like you were talking about. I mean, one of the things that I kind of rattle against is the fact that they do the curbside to go thing, uh-huh. which, and I've sounded off on it before. And people are like, "Well, it's great for the elderly who can't." I'm like, "They're not the ones using it, though." They're I've not. seen because you have to have the app, right? And you have to. It's it's twenty and thirty somethings because I see people do it. They'll sit in their car, hold the phone, punch something, which calls them. And I see the people in the grocery store that collect everything. Then they come out, they load it into the car, and then fuck off. And I'm like, you lazy piece of shit. Right. And, and, and I know people be like, well, you know, someone who's potentially handicapped or whatnot. I'm like, yeah, but I'm pretty sure if they called up the store and said, hey, I've got this going on. Can you help me out? The store would be happy to do it. Like, yeah, and they're right. very, like, and, and, but not only do we do that, but we offer preferential treatment to that now like right i um you know i've gone a couple times uh, in the last six months where because walmart does a check cashing thing yeah but if you use their app and register like you can cut the line if you've if you've checked in on the app oh yeah i'm like what? vip man I'm like fuck that and, and <laughs> right. I'm, i mean i'm sure you have to link something to it so there there has to be a benefit they're not just right think you're cool so you're probably right i don't know what it would be mm. but it, it must make things easier on them somehow if they're maybe yeah if they're prioritizing it i don't know i haven't really entered that world if you've noticed my uh, your flip million year old flip phone yeah. here but i special ordered this by the way it, it, <laughs> it, it probably still works great oh it's awesome yeah, yeah. I disabled all photo texts. Yeah. I disabled internet access. It's just, it's yeah. it's actually a phone. I was thinking about that, like, because myself certainly included, we're all kind of tied to our devices now. That's what I'm trying to avoid. Yeah. yeah. But it's the one thing that it actually was designed to do originally, the phone part, is like now becoming the least important part of it. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a pocket... It's a pocket computer slash internet device right. that you can also make a phone call if you ever would do such a crazy thing. What else has happened? Do you have this where I pretty much communicate to everyone via text? Yep. There's There might be two people left who call me yep. fairly regularly. But when I hear that ring sound opposed to the text sound, yep. something actually happens physically inside of me. Like, Do you get irritated? It's... it's irritation to anger to 
something's wrong to right. who's bothering me. It's, right. it's just, and you know, these are people I love and care about. Sure. And I know it's probably one of them, but yeah. I can't help it. It's just instinctual God, when I hear that sound. Yeah, something happens. Why would you be so rude as to call? Right. Yeah. Same with a knock on the door. Oh, when someone sure. knocks on my door, it's it's the same exact reaction. What the fuck is that? That better not be a fucking human being trying right. to <laughs> trying to have some sort of verbal exchange with me. Um, well, it's funny because with the phone call thing, because at this point, like, it's pretty much my boss or my mom who's calling me. Sure. Yep. Um, and the boss. And I had, because I used to, he used to call me a lot on my days off, and I used to always pick up, and then it gets to the point, I'm like, I'm not on salary, right. it's my day off. So I've, I, and I didn't even say this to him, I just made this decision on my own, I'm like, alright, it's one call, I will answer. Sure. After that. Is that what, per week, or? Uh, usually per day off, back when I, okay. back when I had two days off, when I was full-time there, now it's, I think he's learned because I, I pretty much pick up I mean he'll text me and I'll respond when whenever I need but because it was one of those things that I noticed most of the stuff he was calling me about either a he didn't need an answer from me he just needed an answer and I wasn't fucking working that day you could ask the person who was working or anyone else or it could have waited until the next time I worked sure so you know but I also know that because it's a pretty small company and he owns three shops but he's also like relatively nah he's he's probably eight or nine years younger than me okay but i would imagine his his social interaction is pretty limited because of he owns two businesses and he's got two young kids All so business, i'm like yeah. i'm like i'm probably one of the closest peers that he has so part of it's probably just an excuse to talk to someone his age who has a similar sort of sense of humor and so on and so forth yeah, kind but, of a compliment when you put it that way yeah. yeah i mean i could be totally wrong and if he listens this, he's like i don't like you I at heard. all that's not why i'm calling i hate this guy yeah. I was, i'm gonna fire him but now i feel weird <laughs> doing it now I feel awkward <laughs> firing him because of um so are you singing in titus andronicus uh we all sing a little bit yeah yeah man that's um it's not the prettiest singing you're ever gonna hear but so it's singing is it, because uh, I, I mean, it's one of the, I saw, there was a film version of Titus with uh, yes. uh, Hannibal we've, Lecter. Uh, we've referenced it a few times. Okay. Um, uh, but that, I think that's the only time I've ever seen the show. You know, it's not one of, I, I don't know, maybe it is one of Shakespeare's more well-known. I don't think that it is, man. Just, it wasn't, I never even heard of it. It's one of his darkest. Definitely. It might be his very Mm. darkest. Um, I'd never even heard of it um, until last summer. I was shooting a feature up in Portland. Yeah. And the uh, actress I was working with, the co-lead, she'll hate that I used the term actress. (laughs) Um, She mentioned this show coming up and that she would do absolutely any role and it yeah. she, was, she was so excited that someone was doing this show that she would do anything to be a part of it how, so, did, how like, did she hear about it did she heard the pitch at the, at the ring or I think that either that or she went to the uh, community auditions okay. and you know was became aware of it there was she was she excited because of the show or did she know Billy's work or I think a combination yeah. uh, she's a Shakespeare person by nature and uh, you know like me I think she'd heard of Bitter Pill in their productions and just sure. to be 
be a part of one of those. Yeah. Just her being so excited about it when I heard about it. It's like, yeah, I definitely gotta check this out. And I wasn't familiar with it. Yeah. Did you know did you know Billy before doing this or was this your introduction? To I only met Billy once prior to the audition in passing. Um, but I'd heard a lot about his work yeah. and just about him. I always thought we kind of sounded a bit similar mm. at absolute minimum in, you know, taste of art. Sure, sure. So it's, you know, it's not that I took the day off of work, I'm going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, is the music, I'm assuming it's original music for this, or? Yeah, um, the majority of it is. I know, uh... A couple of songs he's borrowed or kind of gotten the rights to. Sure. So that's sure. all right. Yeah. Um, but the majority of it is his music that nice. he wrote. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty psyched to check it yeah, out. Yeah, man. And yeah. The, the songs are great, man. Yeah. Like, uh, some of them are just dark and moving. Some of them, when you hear the lyrics paired up with the tempo, you're not going to be able to help but laugh out loud. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Some good shit. Nice. Man. And it opens this Friday, which is what, the 25th? Fifth, I think. Take out the old flip phone here. <laughs> yeah, this Friday, the twenty fifth. And it's three weekends, right? It's four weekends. Really? Yeah, we have an extra week on this one, man. So it closes on the seventeenth. Uh, the Friday Saturday shows are eight p.m. and the Sunday matinee is at three. Right. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'll have to do a have to do a Saturday show. That's good because I know that the Saturday is out for me, but that gives me three Saturdays. I mean, it's I mean, I would imagine it's it might be a little tough that you're opening on Memorial Day weekend. So. Yeah, but you know, there's been so much buzz about the show, and people sure. are just so excited that somebody's doing this project. For sure. Well, I mean, you know, it's a good, you know, it's Shakespeare, so that's gonna you've got a, a bit of a built-in audience there. Right. It's, it's a, theater that I've been in, I'm sure it's not the only one that exists, I mean, but it's the only theater that I've been in where the quote-unquote backstage area is actually above the main stage. Right. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a strange setup, but yeah. once you become familiar with the configuration and the yeah. layout, it's, yeah. it's cool. Nice. Yeah, man. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be good to be, get in there before the, the bricks start heating up from the summer. Hell it, yeah, dude. It gets fucking hot in there in the summertime. It does. And 
shit, this will actually be my first summer show there. I've only done one show there that was Sharp Dressed. Yeah, yeah. It's the only time I worked there. When was uh, when was that production that you were in Sharp Dressed Men on stage? That was around the same time. We did it close to when we shot the film. Yeah, so it was, it was maybe 06, like a year, 07. Yeah. A year later. Something yeah. like that. Um, were you in... Because you, cause you originated the role of Victor, which has been in, I think, almost all of the... The sequels that Greg has written since then. Yeah. Have you done any of the other stage productions other than Sharp Dressed Men? No, I have not, man. I gotcha. I, no. couldn't, I couldn't remember because I've seen... Uh, we discussed the option several times, but yeah. schedules and yeah. weird shit at, kept coming up. At one point, I had even... Um, this was a couple years ago when I was living in Arizona because I had started yeah. a theater company. I reached out to you about possibly doing a production of sharp dressed men yeah there and because you were in la at the time and i was like you know um yeah it was actually fairly close yeah as far as yeah as far as that would go and it was more the fact that um i know that greg had wanted to make some updates to the show right uh before he would License it, sure. And I, I th- and I might be getting the timeline wrong, and I'm I'm sorry, Greg, if I'm getting it incorrectly. But because I know that he's had a couple theater companies produce it since then, or or since his original production. But it was one of those things. It, it just timeline wise, it didn't it didn't work out right. right. But it was something that I was like, well, it would be fun to fun to do. It's a, it was a good show, and I was familiar with it, so I felt comfortable that I could direct a version of it and I was like right. well I could Adam knows this part so I wouldn't really have to oh, yeah. do a whole lot of you know, yeah just slide right it yeah mm-hmm. I was I think basically the plan was to have you come out like production week and then run it for two weeks and then you know so, so it wouldn't, but it, again it didn't work out but I would still at some point do that show although as, as time rolls on the older we get the the, the less realistic right <laughs> the roles become you know, with the original portrayers in it. By the so. way, do you think that's why people find me uncomfortable to be around? Because I say things like, yeah, man, just slide right in. <laughs> you think it's stuff like that? It could be. It's, it's also, that I'm not aware of until, like, after I've said it. It's, it's, it's also the, uh, it's, it's the eyes and the, uh, the, the grin. The grin? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are the crow's feet adding something? Eh, a little I, bit. I probably didn't have those the last time we sat down. I'm trying to remember, because I, I did a painting <clears throat> of you... Three or four years ago now, and you oh, had yeah, yeah, the yeah. one like dilated contact. Yeah. In yes, yes. I'm trying. I I think it was more the because when you because when you smile, you do get the creases in your eyes anyway. Yeah. So I, I think the ladies I, in my life call it distinguished. I think I look like Mo Sweezlock from The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's whatever. I'll go with it. Now you know this. If I remember correctly. And I could be wrong, so please correct me. I would love to correct you. <laughs> of course. Uh, I I think you met, you initially met your lady through through me and my brother. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, like to, we like to uh, talk about taking that role in Goliadkin as the biggest mistake of my life. Because <laughs> 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 it led to meeting my current lady of... Right. Like eleven years, right? Yeah. Well, it's funny. I I remember, uh, you know, I've joked with a couple of people that know the two of you who have you know commented on the longevity of your relationship, and I'll often say, "Oh yeah," I turn to her and say, 
hey, you should fuck my friend. <laughs> and then I was like, you know, I was joking, right? Like, you, you've taken this joke way too far. Did she but, say I'm thinking about it? Something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something, something along those lines. <laughs> so. I remember uh, actually telling Greg, because we did, we did Goli Atkin, and we did Sharp Dressed Man, and mm. then we did the stage version of Sharp Dressed Man, which is where uh, my lady and I really met. Right. And, you know, we would all hang out because she was friends with you guys for right. her entire life. Yeah. Uh, we'd hang out after shows and rehearsals. And I remember telling Greg one day, I'm like, who's this girl, Kate? Right. Yeah, and he gave me a little backstory on her. And I'm like, he goes, why? I said, I think she's kind of into me. He <laughs> laughed right in my face. <laughs> right in my face. <laughs> <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like right. Yeah. I was right. <laughs> <laughs> Joke is on you, Greg. But... Um, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> that was, that was a lot of fun. And th that was really kind of doing, doing, uh, Sharp Dressed Men was sort of my, not introduction, because I had known Greg for a while. I kind of grew up around it. I mean, he was, he was T's college roommate freshman year. Sure. And, you know, we grew up in the church together, but that was sort of like the beginning of my friendship. Yeah with him, um, you know, it, it, it really kind of, it, I think it, I think that's when the dynamic of our friendship changed from, I'm his friend's younger brother to, oh, I'm friends with this guy too. Right. So, and it was funny too, because I've, uh, you know, I've spent some time with Chris Savage in the last couple of years at right. various things. And I was like, we, we did, we were at some, uh, some protest of like a year and a half ago and he and I conversed for a while and afterwards I remarked I'm like I think that's the most I've ever talked to Chris and I've known Chris like you know yeah. almost 30 years yeah so but that was that was sort of the uh doing sharp dress men for me was kind of my introduction to like the theater community around here as well it was it was 100% mine it yeah. was it was a really lucky show to get involved in yeah. not only because I met my lady of over 10 years um, but like I hadn't really done a show right except for middle school prior to that and it was such a good tight production it was a really successful run yeah. um, I met a good chunk of the community yeah. and some shows even in LA yeah. that I would try and liken the experience to and they didn't match up. Sure. They weren't sure. nearly as tight. They weren't nearly as successful. Yeah. It was it's, it's set a high bar. So it's high bar to, it's tough to, yeah. But I mean I think I mean I've had I've had, you know, a few experiences in my life that are really kind of special like that. And it you know, for a while it can lead to disappointment, but I think eventually it, causes you to really kind of appreciate when you do have special interactions that okay not everything is like this and to kind of appreciate the relationships that you do have yeah and you can you know live in reminder that these things do exist right. um, this particular project might be rough but there are the good ones right and i also think it's a good reminder to never be complacent and never
highlight of the I day. Catch most of and it's one of those things that, like, it, it legitimately, I started doing it for myself because, you know, going back to trying to trying to be a better person, trying to, you know, be aware of how I talk to other people, but also it's work, man. It, it, I mean, I it, it's really. I, it sounds silly to some people, but it's one of those things that I would always make myself focus on the best part of the day just because no no day is a wash regardless of what shit you go through and, you know, you learn something. But uh, it's, it's really helped me kind of ref- reflect on how much great stuff is out there. You just got to... You got to be aware of it, right? Because a lot of it passes right by our eyes unless you're looking out for it. Yeah, they call it being mindful, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you said about the complacency, I just wanted to add that's what's been so cool about being back in the area for the past couple of years. Because um, there is plenty of film work to be had if, right. if you know where to find it, um, but the majority of the work, like right here in Portsmouth is theater. So I've gotten back into that. And what happened in LA about halfway through my six years, um, I dyed my hair black for for one particular role. And from that point on... Yeah, because you're blonde naturally, aren't you? Yep, yep. And once the uh, hair was black and I took some new headshots, like villains across the world, using the experience and trying to be mindful of what's happening every day mm-hmm. just as an artist I've taken so damn much from it yeah I feel I've grown probably more in two years that's awesome yeah that's awesome it's been a, it's been a weird kind of adventure yeah uh, nice do you have any um, once once Tyus Andronicus wraps do you have any other stage stuff coming up I'm doing Dial In For Murder at Hack Attack. Okay, when's um, that? That'll be, it opens right at the end of August, I believe, and runs till mid-September. Okay. Yeah, man. Cool. Do, uh, I think it's five shows a week. Nice. Yeah, looking forward to that. And are you working on any films right now? Yeah, I got a bunch going on. Um, playing the lead villain in a horror movie. Yeah. Uh, I just wrapped a couple of comedies. Boston area, and uh, just did a really cool short in uh, the Boston area. It's kind of a group of rich people being really, really weird. It's uh, three people who are rich people who believe all their desires are constantly met, yet the three of them are trying to get one over on each of the other characters. for a while but I know <laughs> I know you've got errands to do I've got I've got paintings to 
to finish, but I'm definitely looking forward to seeing the I got, show. I got some push ups to do when some pockets <laughs> full of water. I <laughs> uh, just wanted to add uh, regarding Titus, man, it's you know, like a lot of these shows I've done, it's been a really, really cool experience. Um, what I've learned just watching these guys has been really, really cool. Um, direct, Directing-wise, Billy is everything I hoped he'd be. Yeah. Um, the cast is impressive as hell. Um, all Who else is in the show? Uh, Dan Bulio is playing the lead, Titus. Um, he is like... Didn't a Shakespeare scholar. And didn't he, he also win the role of Victor at one point, didn't he? I'm not is sure. Is that the Dan I'm thinking of? I'm not sure. Um, I know in a different uh, production of Titus, he played one of the villains. Nice. But he's playing the lead here. And he's like a Shakespeare scholar, man. Yeah. Just to watch what he does with the text and to hear what yeah. he does with the text. Yeah. I'm, I've been really enjoying it. Um, what Billy's done, uh, as far as the actors go, he's really kind of cast almost everyone against type yeah um, it's simultaneously miscast and perfectly cast right, right. and to watch it unfold over the past couple of months has just been awesome nice it's gonna be damn cool um, it's unique and strange and weird and if nothing else you'll enjoy it for that reason right but I assure you you'll enjoy it for for all reasons right yeah man nice should be good sweet man Absolutely, brother. Cool. Well, thanks a lot. Thank you, my man.